0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Critical Thinking, episode 52, A Test of Pride.
1: 52 for episode
0: 51, yes. 52 of Critical Thinking, which is episode 51 of Critical Role, A Test of Pride. I need to really quick redo the graphics that I'm recording with this because I put episode 51, Test of Pride, and then realized halfway through saying it that that's the wrong number because our numbering system is off because we suck. (laughs) Yep. and I,
1: what you're saying is we're still in the pre-roll
0: nope nope claps already happened I'm, right. you, I'm john at john a bates on twitter and joining me today is jack hey everybody i'm jack at alt f4 gamers on twitter and jeremy
1: hi my name is jeremy i am at j thomas
2: 411
1: mania on twitter where i have been very spicy lately
2: i'm gonna start changing the twitter handle that i say on these intros because nobody extra ever follows me anyway so what's the point
0: i mean they follow me
2: okay that's good <laughs> you keep yours consistent then <laughs> yeah, yeah. working the thing i would
1: change mine but there's kind of branding in there that i well, kind of yeah. need to
2: keep. yeah mine is literally the name of a very defunct attempted gaming sort of blog ish <laughs> I From thought it 2000
0: and I thought it was eleven, I, I wanna say <laughs> I thought it was just a reference to you punking gamers by making them close out of their games.
2: Well I by mean, hitting Alt F4. That that that's that's where the reference got started. Yes, it was meant to be a pun. Just don't do it in Overwatch
1: comp games or I will murder you. <laughs> how do I fix <laughs> how do I fix
0: my cursor, Alt F4? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Fucking but, ten minutes but... in DPSQ. Somebody <laughs> pulls that goddamn joke. They quit out Canceling
2: game in ten, <laughs> nine, eight. I, I have. I'm here to assist fellow gamers in making sure that their frame rates are as optimized as possible. I don't. I know think either. this I, may
1: be a talking. new record for us. We haven't even said critical down. role yet. <laughs> no,
0: we have said it. We just haven't said. We just haven't gotten past the introductions. I do have to say though, back in the back in the heady days of Battle.net, Uh watching somebody fall to F to Alt F four was the best thing in the world. Just
1: Oh for sure.
0: Just in BattleNet chat, somebody's like, you know, how do I how do I fix such and such? Alt F four and then just so and so has left the game.
1: (laughs) I'm all for it it as long as it doesn't cancel my comp match.
0: That's fair.
2: Hey, we're talking about Critical Role tonight.
0: We are. So, this week we're talking about Critical Role, episode 51, A Test of Pride. Actually, no, just Test of Pride. It doesn't have A Test of Pride or The Test of Pride. It really was yeah, no articles. Just- really no article, which means it's a really bad title.
1: <laughs> Strong disagreement.
0: <laughs> All the best titles have articles in front.
2: Absolutely unfucking true.
0: Yes, as as noted
2: by the great <laughs> uh, blockbusters from the last few years, Avengers: an Infinity War and Avengers: uh, Endgame. The Endgame. The Endgame. The
1: Endgame.
0: Technically, <laughs> it was the Avengers Endgame, and no, it absolutely endgame. was not. <laughs> The actual title No, I know, it's just, just Avengers, it. it's just Avengers and game and Avengers. I know. The Thor The Thor, yes. The Thor. A Captain America. The, the Thor the Ragnarok
1: Two Thor to Ragnarok.
0: <laughs> the The Black Widow <laughs>
2: End of Phase 4 is gonna be best because it's V-Thor, For Love, Five Thunder.
0: Yes!
1: You know, now that I think about it, there's literally only... There's only one Marvel Cinematic Universe film that has even been announced that starts with an article. The Eternals.
0: Yes. Yeah. None of the other ones do. Well, and the Avengers, the actually the first Avengers. Is was, the first one. Yeah, the first one was the Avengers. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only one though. Yep. Mar Marvel's The Iron Man. <laughs> Anyways, uh Test of Pride is an episode of Critical Role, which is a show about D&D. <laughs> starring Laura Bailey as Vexalia, Talison Jaffe as Percy, uh, Ashley Johnson as Pike, Liam O'Brien as Vaxadon, Marisha Ray as Kayla, Sam, Regal as Scalen, Travis Willingham as Grog, and, as always, Matthew Mercer as Dungeon Master. Previously on Critical Role, Grog did a thing with a sword and got hurt and also hurt others. This is why we I mean, don't do things with swords.
2: Most things with swords result in one or both.
1: <laughs> Generally, yes. That is, that, that is kind of how it works.
0: I wonder how many people get really pissed when I do the lack of information previously on.
1: <laughs> also, as a side note, um, within at least one country, it did not have an article because in the UK was Marvel's Avengers Assemble.
0: Aha! Yeah! That doesn't count.
1: <laughs> Are you saying that our that our that that our our our, our, our British, Irish, Scottish, and Welsh Welsh uh, 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 brothers and sisters and, and so on don't count, John?
0: Is that what you're
1: saying? I don't Definitely know.
0: Definitively. In get, get, recording. Get back to me after Brexit's been solved. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm so glad you went there because I was going to have to if you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> we refuse to take this country seriously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our country has a lot of legs to stand on in
1: that fight, right? That's my only problem with that.
0: I didn't say we also didn't have problems and shouldn't be taken seriously oh, on yeah, a world no, stage. Absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> not. Just that it's really nice that whenever we have shitty issues, Britain is such a good ally as to go, "Hey, wait, hold my tea." <laughs> They make us feel loved and like we're not alone.
1: It's not called a special relationship for no reason. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: We 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 des- we desperately appreciate all our British listeners because you make us feel welcome. <laughs> Back to D and D as i die into the mic
1: let me just i'm sure say, that sounded great <laughs> for those who are listening to this probably well after the fact um because i'm sure there's some of you out there uh who will listen to this in like june or something like that uh we're recording this in december <laughs> and that's before the hall that's between the holidays so fuck everything right now. <laughs> Pretty much. Our level of fucks are through the floor.
0: Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Behold my field of fucks. See that it yeah. is barren. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> so anyway. So yes. Swords, yeah. swords pain, et cetera. happened. Etc. We pick back up in Western with uh, Scanlan having reunited with, Doc- with Kaylee and Dr. Dranzel, and yep. Scanlan realizes that there are guards coming for the temple, and so through his quick-witted... <sniffs> He's a gnome or a halfling? Gnome. He's a gnome. I don't know One why of
2: core characters of
1: the game that we uh, uh, of the storyline that we discuss narratively.
0: I don't know why it is like in a fact a gnome. gnome. I keep for, I keep getting confused as to whether or not Scanlon and Pike are gnomes or halflings.
1: So, listeners. That's, uh, that's at John A. Bates. <laughs> if, you want to, if you want to direct the, the, the person who doesn't know whether Scanlan and Pike are gnomes or halflings.
0: It just always cheers me up because I go to say gnome and I'm like, wait, no, that's wrong, but it's right. But my brain does weird things because it doesn't work right. Are you saying that all small people look alike to you? And no, you I'm know. saying my brain huh. is fuckered. That's fair.
1: Fake geek boy.
0: Fake geek boy. <laughs> I am abs I'm so I'm such a fake geek boy. I did pick I took selfies of myself posing with dice and my D&D players guide. <laughs> fake geek boy is my Phil Collins cover band. <laughs> yes. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> so good. So, the guards start pushing through the door. <laughs> and Scanlan has the Jesus refugees high. So
1: far in are we and we just got to the recap.
0: Two sentences. <laughs>
1: oh, I mean minutes, wise How long have we oh. been re-
0: uh almost a half an hour.
1: <laughs>
0: some <laughs> to be fair, some percentage of that is the pre-clap. Right. Oh my god. We're good at this. They start pushing through the door, and Scanlon has the refugees hide in a partially collapsed uh, in a partially collapsed section of the building. I think it's. I don't think they actually leave the church. I think they're in the church the whole time, as far as I recall. It's been like four weeks since I watched this episode, because uh, I went to a company dinner today and didn't have a chance to watch it again. It happens. I did. I mean, the, my 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 boss, my 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 actual like boss boss came out from California and paid for everyone to have hundred dollar plus steaks. So. It was a good evening I mean, for me.
2: That's, a, that's worth <laughs> that, showing up for. That is
1: worth showing... Yeah.
0: It sure. was a really good steakhouse. Anyways. Uh, so yeah, they, they, they shift him over into a partially collapsed checks of the building and he asks Kaylee for help. Uh, he fills the room with, uh, with minor... With fog. With his horn of fog blowing or whatever it's called. Um, and then creates a minor illusion of, stro- of, of stone jaw, strong jaw. Now, refresh my memory prior to this moment, have we ever heard of Stonejaw Strongjaw? A couple times. Has he been referenced before this? Because I couldn't remember if Scanlan just pulled this out of his ass, and Travis was laughing too hard off to the side to correct him on anything? Nope. It it has been established prior
2: to this that Grog's, Grog's Strongjaw's father's first name was Stonejaw.
0: Okay. Yep. Stonejaw Strongjaw. Yeah. <laughs> So he creates a minor illusion of Stone Jaw, Strong Jaw, and has Kaylee provide uh throw her voice to provide this ghostly, billowy, booming voice of the of of Stonejaw in order to scare and intimidate the uh the Goliath and uh, the human, the two barbarians that enter that are Scanlon part of the tribe. is
2: officially a Scooby-Doo villain. Uh,
0: absolutely, yes. <laughs> Don't look at the man behind the mirror. He's actually, he's the actually behind the curtain, he's actually uh, the Wizard of Oz at this point. Wizard of Oz in this case? He's, okay. He is distinctly the Wizard of Oz at this point because it's just a giant head and nothing else. Or, I mean, or... I, mean, I feel like the Wizard of Oz is the proto-Scooby-Doo villain, let's be honest. Or, Zoltron. Zoltron? Zeltron zordon zordon that's the one (laughs) or he's zordon one of the two okay for those that don't know zordon was a giant disembodied head that gave the power rangers their powers in the power rangers
1: (laughs) and at least in one point was played by walter white
0: (laughs) was did walter white play him in the new movie brian cranston
1: yep played
2: played played the the most recent iteration of zordon i think (laughs) yes
0: huh Power Rangers, I am the danger. I am the one that I am the one who nuts. Uh, Say my name. The much darker
1: Power Rangers let me I would have
0: I would have watched it though.
1: You know what though? New Power Rangers and this comes from a guy who is not a big fan of the original. New Power Rangers? Not bad. Honestly,
0: so if you're so if you're a fan of the original Power Rangers, don't watch it. If you're not, go ahead and watch it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, I mean,
0: yeah. I don't know. I haven't seen it. So I actually can't say whether or not what, I can't give an opinion on it because I haven't seen it. Uh, but yes, yeah, so so uh, he, he mm, with the minor illusion and the help of Kaylee uh, makes this makes this semblance of Stonejaw, Strongjaw and scares the piss out of one of the barbarians. The other one retaliates with, oh, yeah, we'll try this and throws his axe at the ghost. Even if you're even if it was a real ghost, don't throw your axe at a ghost, people. It won't come back
1: (laughs) unless it's a returning, axe.
0: unless it's a returning axe. that's fair. This one isn't. And it just flies off through the illusion and clatters somewhere in the background. At which point the uh, disembodied head of stone jaw strong jaw begins to denigrate and berate these two barbarians into drawing the rest of the barbarian tribe out to one of the gates, the gate where the rest of Vox machina has been hiding in wait um, th- through some. Billowing voices and some Successful deception and failed, and failed Insight rolls uh, The pair manage to successfully convince The barbarians to get the fuck out And go yep. to the other gate At which point they begin planning To, uh, they begin planning on Getting the townspeople out Drenzel says that the rest of his team are still on their way Back from Kaimal and Scalen Is unsure of how to get them out but he asks So he asks about using the sewers They decide to wait to see if their plan worked Meanwhile, the rest of Vox Machina are outside the city, waiting and watching for something to happen, because this party is not very good at inter-party communication. And in this part, I don't mean the kind of inter-party communication that is, I'm having feelings, I need to express them, more so the, what the fuck are we doing and when is it happening, is there a signal, oh god, what is the signal, kind of inter-party communications. Legit. Uh, Vex uses hide and plain sight to help the group, uh, to help the group, you know, uh, stay hidden. Keyleth, uh, drops out her, out of her bird form and turns into an earth elemental, if I recall, in order to dig out a pit trap, uh, underneath the entrance to the, underneath the entrance where people will be coming out from, theoretically, uh, as they are, as they acknowledge that they are unsure how to tell if Scanlan's distraction works. Um... I think this is when she, yeah, this is when she digs the pit trap. She didn't dig it last episode, did she? I, I
2: believe don't... it was the... No, it is this episode.
0: Yeah, it is, it is this episode where she mm-hmm. digs it. Yep. Um She digs the pit trap, the the rest of the party sort of rearranges themselves, uh and uh eventually <laughs> uh six figures come out towards the gate. Grog mentions that Xanror is in the is in uh the group that they uh uh were previously in uh, that, that they had previously encountered Xanror being in this group as well. Uh which sort of uh they previously had an idea for Grog to be undead and maybe Stonejaw, maybe not. I'm not sure how much of this plan was made up on the spot and how much of it was pre-planned on, quite honestly. And I don't know if they're sure either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Choices uh, were made.
0: Uh, so... Or
1: rather, they were not made.
0: No, sorry, Zanroar wasn't in this picture. They couldn't see him. Drog just indicated that Zanroar... If Zenroar was, it wouldn't work. That That was it. Um... Percy, who is still in his bird form from the previous episode, uh flies out to get a look and still get a look at the group uh, instead spotting two eagles heading their way uh it seeming to be there seeming to be eagles either allied with or just sort of incidentally there i couldn 't ca- i couldn 't really get a read on what point the eagles had i don 't know if either one of you did at any point in time
1: what point they had in terms of like
0: like if they were connected to the to the thing yes. where there was Incidental they Eagles. They're absolutely connected to the herd. They're absolutely connected to the herd? Are they Druids? Yeah. Yes. Okay, that was it. We'll get to that in a short bit. In your, in your bit, probably. Yes. Yeah, incidental Eagles is my uh, Stevie Nicks cover band. I am. Uh, yeah, because I couldn't... Not Don I, Henley? <laughs> no. I couldn't for the life of me figure out what the point of the eagles were while I was watching them, because I think I missed a bit of conversation, and I just heard Matt go, there are some eagles flying over the head. And Percy go, okay. And I missed if there was any interaction as to what the eagles were or why they were there.
1: <laughs> just yeah,
0: random no. eagles. Um,
1: we will get there.
0: Uh, A group of nine, uh, it turns out a group of nine, and I don't know if, I don't remember if Xanra was part of the nine that came out, I don't think he was, Uh, but a group of nine uh, uh, barbarians of the tribe come out to the gate, Percy finds a perch on the opposite side of the gate to turn back into his human form and prepare to snipe things because he's a sniper, Um, and at this point, they come out and they stop, and they sort of stand in the middle of the gates looking around. Because they had been told the ghost of Stone Stonejaw Strongjaw was there. And there was nothing there. Uh, so Grog, taking some initiative, steps out and does his best impression of an undead Stone Stonejaw. Uh, which uh, spooks some of the guards and causes some more of them to step forward. Uh, eventually, as he taunts them out to fight, uh, several of the guards fall into this large pit trap that Keeleth has dug as an earth elemental. And just get their shit wrecked. Because yep. <laughs> apparently she dug a 180 foot deep pit. Yep. Which
1: Druids, man.
0: Which is a lot of earth to move, I have to say, without it being visible. <laughs> but Druids. Uh so yeah, several most of the group fall into the pit, a couple of them hang onto the edge. Or or don't fall into the pit and no, are standing around the, right on the edge and immediately get knocked into the pit by Percy and Keyleth. Uh as Percy shoots the guards and I think Percy just shoots the guards in the pit. And Keyleth drops the thing. But anyways, um, Vexalia ha- casts a uh, hail of thorns into the side of the pit to catch any that remained. And at this point, I think we switch over to you, Jeremy, because the uh... it's like in the middle of the fight is where the switch is, and I don't remember where the switch was.
1: Yeah, you're still going. I, I, I start at Kaylee. Uh, uh, no, 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 not this fight.
0: Is it not this fight?
1: No, we're back. It's back into Kaylee by the time it gets to me.
0: All right, uh, keep going. That's John. right. The Eagles do turn into druids. I remember now. <laughs> hey, oh. we figured out the Eagles.
1: No, no, no. Okay, you are.
0: Yeah, because the Eagles attack Keeleth.
1: Yes, that is. It, it segues.
0: No yeah, 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 yeah. The it segues
1: so we... off mid fight to 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 uh, uh, Yeah.
2: So would we say that this is a a case of Chekhov's eagles? A
0: little bit. It is. And have we talked about Chekhov's gun? I don't believe we have. Let's I feel like we have, but I can't remember. Well, let's talk about it now, just in case we haven't. <laughs> May as well. Uh, so for people that people that people have definitely heard the term Chekhov's gun, but don't necessarily know what it comes from. Jack, do you know why we're talking about a phaser? Yeah. Do either one of you know what Chekhov's gun is? Yes. Go ahead and explain it. One of you. Okay. Go ahead. Because I've been talking a lot.
2: Yes. Um.
0: Anton Chekhov,
2: who was a Russian playwright, um, basically was. Almost the had record. had a number of principles of writing for the stage, and one of his things was take out everything that's irrelevant to the story, because you know real estate is limited, et cetera, et cetera. Lots of right. background for why you would do such a thing, but he had a he had a strong adherence to the concept of if something's there, it needs to be relevant. And the the example he used was, if you say in the first chapter that there is a rifle hanging on the wall, in the second or third chapter, it must absolutely go off. If it's not going to be fired at all, then it shouldn't even be hanging there. Um, and so Chekhov's gun became that sort of shorthand for something that is placed in a story that is not relevant when you see it, but must be placed there because it will be relevant later and also carries with it the sort of flip side of the coin that if an author or a writer or any sort of creator adheres to this if you see something you know that it's going to come up again later that there's nothing extraneous nothing unnecessary nothing superfluous in narrative if you're going to draw attention to it
1: Yeah, a lot of writers who are really uh, and and filmmakers and the like who are really well known for that sort of thing uh, almost consciously use the (laughs) fact that people know they're going to use it to make it less of a Chekhov's gun thing and more of a blatant foreshadowing thing. Mm
0: -hmm. And in no, go ahead. I was say in theater. Which is my back, my my, yeah. my principal background. It's it's a much more common thing done simply because theater is often run on a very tight budget. Uh, not only a not only a financial budget, but also a mental budget. Um, there's a lot of stuff that goes on in theater, and a lot of uh, a lot of, of 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 buy-in that the audience gives. So you don't want to waste any of that mental buy-in by having extraneous things that are not only going to cost you more money but also going to cost you more attention from the audience. Very often thing, very often that that's that's why the abstract stage is such a very popular uh thing, especially in yeah. in more modern theater. Uh, you'll see things like in next to normal, the entire house is typically rep- represented by a house-shaped flat with some shears attached to it, Mm -hmm. and each individual room has four or five props. Like, the bathroom in Next to Normal is typically just a sink and a medicine cabinet, and nothing else. Even though, logically, you need more than that in a bathroom, but the audience understands this is the bathroom because this is where they have indicated the bathroom is. So I, mean, I don't need any more.
2: I say that if you think you need more than just a sink in your bathroom, that's, that's, that's a quitter's talking. Sink, You're not sink, trying hard enough.
0: Sink and medicine cabinet. Okay. <laughs> um, I'd say the medicine cabinet is a luxury, but you know, you do you. But yeah, so that, that, that sort of, that's not only is it, not only is the philosophy, part, part of the philosophy is that if you see a gun on stage, it has to be used, but it's also... You shouldn't see anything other than that gun if it's important it's the right. I- The idea that what is important is the only thing that's needed. The audience will fill in the rest and invariably they will fill in the rest better than you could
1: mm-hmm. yep yeah it's one of it's one of the really key elements of mis Async.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Funnily enough, Ernest Hemingway hated this concept. You don't <laughs> fucking say. He he hated yeah. it so much.
2: What didn't Hemingway hate? Right. He, Besides whiskey and suicide, I mean.
0: He hated it so much he wrote a short story. Uh, he hated it so much he wrote a short story in which he introduces two characters in the first chapter and then never talks about them again. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yep. Yep. I mean... Let's just avoid my thoughts on the topic of Ernest fucking <laughs> Hemingway.
0: I just think that's the funny and most petty, re- petty response to a concept like that that could possibly exist. One of
1: the most overrated writers in the history of the fucking world.
0: It's good for a few laughs, though.
1: I mean, sure.
0: <laughs> but yeah, so, so yeah, so Chekhov's gun exists in lots of things. Um, yeah. That is not to say, especially in film, that everything you see is important. Um, no. cuz there's lots of there's lots of little details. Set dressing is a thing, especially in film, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. to make a set to make a setting feel uh like a lived-in place or like a real place. But but
2: as a as someone who has watched film, which I assume most of our listeners probably have, all of you are probably aware of the difference between panning across a well-put-together desk because the scene happens to be taking place in an office yeah. versus the camera actually lingering on the letter opener as somebody plays with it. And the music sort of builds that eerie crescendo that tells yep. you, yeah, some fucker's getting murdered with this thing.
1: Well, and more to the point,
2: particularly
1: over, I would say, the last ten years, um it's become incredibly common in in, in, film, but particularly television. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Where, because I I think really sort of the classic example is uh, um, a Westworld. Mm. Uh, Where
2: uh, Westworld or or anything like that, like Lost, Watchmen. I was going to say Lost is sort of the opposite end of that. In well, place. no, but
1: but but what I'm talking about is yes, there's a lot of shit and loss that goes nowhere, We're right? But it, it, it's the idea of it, mm-hmm. where over I would say, like I said, about the last ten years, maybe even a little bit further, but audiences have gotten to a point where. Th- they're savvy and clued into these kinds of things. Not that yeah. audiences before weren't savvy, but it, the more that this stuff becomes, as they call it, water cooler talk, uh-huh. um, the little, the little, the little clues and and this the 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 theories and all that stuff comes out in very real ways. And the the fact that uh, going to Westworld, the fact that they filmed the entirety of the show before the the first season, before the first episode aired. And they were, from an objective standpoint, very clever about it. Like, it's a show that I really enjoy, and it's a show that yeah. I think is very, very good at playing with perceptions and cleverly hiding stuff. People had ed harris's secret figured out by the first fucking episode yeah and i'm not talking about one person on reddit yeah i'm Mm -hmm. talking about there was a very sizable portion of the fan base who had figured this shit out um because because they've become that savvy and showrunners and filmmakers have become aware of this so they purposely include stuff And they also subvert uh, Chekhov's gun Mm -hmm. quite a bit, which I think is what Lost tried to do. Yes. And didn't do nearly as successfully the fucking polar bear. (laughs) What the Uh, fuck is that polar bear
2: there for?
0: Also, Um, uh, in Star Trek, it's not Chekhov's gun. It's Sulu's sword. Right. Yeah. That makes sense.
2: Which
1: carries a whole... Very different <laughs> set of connotations.
2: That's what Sulu said. Yep. Indeed. <laughs> oh,
0: my. Uh,
2: George Sakai is
0: a national treasure. Yes yep.
2: he is. Yep, he is.
0: So yes, the Eagles attack Keeleth. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> off. Eagles attack Keeleth. Yes, they do. Uh yeah, the hero's Screech, one of the eagles attacks Keela, throwing her off the wall off, off of a wall that she had managed to climb up onto. Um, she managed... Why do people climb up on things? Like, I don't really.
2: know. It's a question <laughs> that
1: we're going to have to ask again.
0: Yeah. Uh, she Later changes. this episode. She changes into a raven to keep herself from being injured. One of yep. the very few times that Keela changes herself into an animal to prevent herself from getting injured in a fall, and it works. <laughs> <laughs> Foreshadowing. <laughs> Two remaining guards get out of the hole. Keyless Giggles flies back. <laughs> Keyless flies back gold. to make a loop around town. And Grog, keeping up his impression, walks towards him, asking for Kevdak. He recognizes one of them who was Suda, uh, who who saw through his stone jaw impersonation, yep. and whom he then proceeded to kick into the pit after yep. getting the information he needed. And kicking uh, uh, the "I am Sparta" moment was the was the end of my section, I believe. Okay.
1: Uh, There might be a little bit of a gap here, but so uh, back with, back with, with, with uh, uh, team Scanlon, which it probably isn't a fair way to say it because I'm pretty sure at this point, Kaylee is not on team Scanlon.
2: No, Nope. Don't Um, think so.
1: But they are, they are, they're (laughs) trying to get their, their, their little group of people uh, uh, to safety. Uh, uh, Kaylee cast hold person on, on some guy that saw them. Uh Scanlan tells Dranzel to get all of the people outside of safety and then uh he books it to uh books it to the Western Gate. Um that was the little aside. Um at, at this point back to the rest of the group. Keyleth comes out of Raven form and uh uh having done scouting, uh, reveals that the townspeople are being pulled out of their houses. There's a strange group of orcs that are approaching. Um, they attempt to make uh, contact with Scanlan with no luck because too far away. Uh, Percy heads starts heading, through, uh, heading into the city through rooftops with Vex following. Uh, they see the giant eagles. Uh, Vex attacks the one that tries to one of them attacked, one of them tries to fly away. Vex attacks that one, does enough damage, gets changed into the form of an elf, and goes, whoo, oh, splat. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the, the dangers the term... of being polymorphed in the
1: air. <laughs> yep. The term Puddle of Elf is used. Although, to be fair, that's used by one of the players and not Matt.
0: Puddle of Elf is my Metallica cover band. Okay. Yeah
1: yeah okay i'll, I'll give right. you i'll give you that one
2: um b plus solid b plus. yeah yeah
1: i would say it's it, it's my it is my uh, uh jimmy page fronted puddle of mud cuddle
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, a puddle of mud was too obvious that's why i was
1: it is no that's, yeah that's,
2: that's 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 why don henley didn't make my you know that, that's legals. also fair right yeah
1: um listen it's midway through the holidays i have no brain power
2: okay um
1: but uh, uh Vex, or Percy, sorry, Percy fires off a shot and drops the other one. Where? Uh, go-
0: perhaps you remember. Where did we get the quote from Percy that was the best quote of the night? Which was, he died as he lived, deeply unimpressed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Not in my section, I don't think. I think
0: it might have been after Grog kicked the dude into the pit. Might have been. Because I feel... He- because I, I, wanted, I I, just need to draw attention to that quote because it is the quote of the night, as far as I'm concerned.
2: Fair. Taliesin frequently infrequently gets quoted the night. Though, yes. Let's be honest. And I couldn't. And remember then other times,
1: happened. life needs things to live. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> feast or famine. Um, <laughs> Kayla goes to check on the one that she shot out, or that 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 Vec uh, shot out of the sky, and they are very dead. Very, very dead. Uh, it, it is suggested that their quarterstaff is broken because they fell upon it.
0: <laughs> Ow!
1: And not Ow. like it landed. It landed like on the ground and fell flat, and then they fell on top of it.
0: No, they yeah. they
2: impaled themselves
0: on their own quarterstaff, and that's yeah. impressive because yeah. quarterstaffs are not pointed.
1: No. But if you are falling with enough <coughs> velocity, anything doesn't matter. Yep. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. So Percy and Vex keep going into the city Well, Vax complains that they're going in like seven different directions. At which point, I think, have you? Are you new to this group? Vex? <laughs> Vex? So
0: we're going in seven directions. Yes, and often you are going in one of those seven different directions, yeah,
1: right? <laughs> uh. But. Uh, Scanlan actually ends up seeing Percy, Percy and Vex, and makes contact with them through the through the earring. Says he he he, he says you know I may have alerted everyone to our presence, but that's okay because that was supposed to be the distraction, right? Uh, they have a nice little moment. Uh, Pike makes sure to say that she's glad that Scanlan's okay. Uh, Scanlan's asks them for direction of what to do. And they decide to, to, to gather up and all get in one place, which is about a block and a half away from the center of town. They end up going into breaking into a building in order to get some privacy and have a discussion. Because if there's anything and I like to do, it is plan at length.
0: Yep. Plan at um, length in situations where they shouldn't be planning at length. Yes. <laughs> where they don't have time for it.
1: They have, a, they have some discussion about trying to find Pike's grandfather, Wilhelm, and also how to approach Kevdak. Uh, they, do con- they, they consider having everybody get into sort of advantageous positions while Grog approaches and issues a challenge to him. Um, the, there's some discussion about going to find, like I said, find Wilhelm, which gets brought back up um ultimately they decide to take a short rest in the middle of all of this um which uh, which does have tactical value they, that way they can sort of recuperate the resources and of course do more discussing all right.
2: um now from a composition perspective i like this idea as well the the capacity of taking a break from an action sequence, a protracted Mm -hmm. action sequence. Now, granted, they don't necessarily use it for character development at this point. But from a construction, from from a structural standpoint, I would say that this could narratively be a very interesting beat of, here's what we've done so far. We literally are able to stop in the middle of our fly-by-the-seat-of-our-pants invasion plan and, and take some time to do things here before we go back to the running and the hiding and the punching.
0: Not only is it an interesting uh, an option for interesting narrative sequence it's a one that other media have used quite effectively. In fact there's an, there are at least two, maybe three, entire episodes of MASH that uh-huh. use that mechanic Um, uh, the ones that I'm thinking of are typically whenever somebody gets sent to the front lines, they'll have, they'll have uh frantic surgery on the front lines while the entire room is shaking and things are falling down and shit's exploding outside. And then five seconds of calm where the surgeons will be exhausted, leaning against each other, talking, having an emotional moment, and then back to (laughs) frantically trying to do surgery. Um, I'm
1: super glad that you referenced your, your, your <laughs> usual reference so that I can, I uh, I don't feel it doesn't, I'm not doing it all by myself because the one I was going to mention was the classic example of this. As far as I'm concerned in terms of modern, like genre story, uh, television would be Buffy. Mm-hmm. Like they, they, they get the big fight. They have the big, they have the big moment and then they take the minute to catch their breath. And that's the point where we break into like five groups of two for yep. individual scenes where they talk about things.
0: Well, and, and to, to stay on Joss Whedon, the most impactful version of this was in the movie Serenity at towards the end where after, after this frantic pulse pounding <clears throat> escape from the Reavers Everything is calm, and Wash says, "I'm a leaf on the wind," and then dies. <laughs> right, which yeah. is ab- which is absolutely sort of the the sort of the ultimate evolution of that idea, where ev- frantic, 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 frantic. Pause, breathe, and then the subversion of that is yeah. immediately taking it away.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah, that's definitely more subversion. Yeah. yeah.
2: Um I mean my my general go to on that is all the way back to to the bard where there are so many scenes whether it's Macbeth or Henry V or mm-hmm. any one of these other ones where you've got these very iconic scenes that are framed by the understanding that this is, there has been battle before here. And then we run off stage to continue the battle. But in the middle of that, we have this discussion about who we've lost, what that means to us, how we found them, what that, what it says about the the perspectives of the various characters and stuff in these these sort of mid-battlefield breaks
0: you just described yep. king lear <laughs> yeah
2: basically yeah, pretty, much. <laughs> pretty much right you know where everything is framed by conflict but the actual character moments you you're watching are at those pauses in between yeah. the various beats of
0: the conflict itself king lear and yep. macbeth now that i think about it Oh, yeah, no,
2: Macbeth does And Richard
0: III. Yeah. I just, those are the two that stand out the most, of, like, like chaos outside, emotional moment on stage.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. I haven't been yep. in Richard III, though, so I can I've only been in... I've been in Macbeth and King Lear and now, a few Best, his
2: best but, work. His absolute best M- work. Macbeth <laughs> just reminds me of the best dating and relationship advice find somebody who looks at you the way a woman looks at a knife that she's not sure if actually really there
0: <laughs> wow i i i prefer i prefer the much ado about nothing piece of advice which is find someone who's not find someone whose sarcasm you can tolerate when all the world are fools
2: i mean that's a good one yeah, too that's a good that's one.
0: A very good one too
2: yeah i would not don't take date dating. according to shakespeare's rules I, I would not
1: i would not take away any dating advice from richard the <laughs> third
0: <III. laughs> either either real the real idea. either the person or the play or the play, <laughs> or the person
1: or the play. yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> or romeo and juliet for that matter
2: dear god the the number of high schoolers that think romeo and juliet is an idealized romanticized version of a relationship
1: it oh that's well, nothing like that, let's let, let's not forget the number of grown-ass adults who think harley quinn and joker are the same thing It is.
0: it is an idealized romanticized relationship Told from the perspective of an of the uncle three seats over that sees where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> because it was because it was Shakespeare saying kids are stupid, huh? Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, basically.
1: More or less. All right. So, but no, they actually there is a little bit of it. It's because Pike actually does raise the 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 question of Wilhelm again um uh, because obviously this is somebody who's very important to her, and how could they get somebody to that to her or to him um just to see if he's okay et cetera maybe they throw in a maybe he can help sort of thing. Which really seems to be like let's try and find a way to justify the tactical value of going to check on 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 this old ass gnome.
0: I was going to Tashi Station um, for some power converters,
1: right? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and, and and you know it's it's actually brought up in almost uh, Keyleth brings up in almost sort of a. It's a weird moment for Keyleth to do. It's the kind of moment you would expect Percy or maybe the one of the twins to do. But she basically says, is there any tactical value to going to find him now as opposed to going to find him after we do the whole Kevdak thing? Which is a valid point, yes. but not one you would expect Keyleth to bring up.
0: I, I, I find it interesting, particularly in this, not only because for the past little while it's felt like Keyleth has been trying to learn from Percy. A little bit, like she's been like like you know doing alchemy with Percy. I think yeah, she's been doing alchemy at this point, hasn't she? Yeah.
1: But they've also been very much coming, uh, coming uh, butting heads at times.
0: Yeah, but I mean, you butt heads with your teacher all the time. And this feels like sort of the, the progression of that, that characterization that has been happening kind of in the background, where Keyleth has been <laughs> studying people that she wants to emulate in her eventual role as a leader. And I think she has sort of grasped onto Percy as a leader amongst Vox Machina, and is sort of has been like yeah, butting heads with him absolutely. But there have been this isn't the first time where she's done a thing that's particularly Percy-like. You're not
1: wrong, mm-hmm. but yeah, it, it's sort of an interesting choice, and it does end up essentially being the, being the thing that. It said, because the group is very very much seemed at least to me. To be leaning towards the yeah, let's go get him, let's go do this, and that's sort of the first thing that said that sort of leads him back into the let's sneak along the roof, mm-hmm. well, grog <clears throat> walks straight into the center of town thing, mm-hmm. um which they do, and again we learn we ask, why do people walk, why do people climb Roos Ether as uh, vex falls off the roof
2: <laughs> the person literally, with
0: the flying broom <laughs> literally falls off the roof um so i wanted i want i want to touch on the idea trope as it were of the hyper efficient character fucking it hard right because that is one of my favorite things in the whole goddamn world is when somebody who is like 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 Sam Fisher tactical gear night vision goggles silenced pistol tactical knife sneaking into an enemy compound and right as they step around the corner all the lights turn on and are centered on them as well as 50,000 guns yep yep <laughs> I, that is my favorite thing. I don't know why, but it is one of my favorite tricks. It is
1: really funny. That's why. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I do really enjoy that. Um, and that's exactly what happened. Pretty much. Um, so so while Vex falls off the roof, Grog just walks straight ahead. He ends up encountering a group uh, uh, from the herd of about four people. Uh, convinces them by way of a natural twenty persuasion roll, <laughs> um, that he of a factual thing that he's a member of Kevdak's family, and also that he needs to that, that that he needs to see him, and that Kevdak will 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 want to see him. All of which are technically true.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the best kind the of best true,
1: kind of true. Yes, <laughs> right.
0: technically.
1: So they have him walk to the front and walk behind him as he makes his way along. Uh, Grog being Grog and this being, you know, his herd, his former herd, uh, although he doesn't know these individuals, can't help, but just talk a little shit and ask, quote unquote, what's it like to be the bitch of a dragon? Um, gets sort of a threatened return. He manages to keep the group mostly with him when, thanks to another horrible role, Pike ends up colliding with a corner while turning into an alleyway and making a loud noise. Yep. Um, two of them go to investigate, and the party acts in, in, in extreme unison as Vax reminds me how fucking terrifying he was as a combatant at this point. Oh yeah. As he just straight up grabs the, grabs him around the, around the head and straight up murders a motherfucker.
2: Just like one shot.
1: 60, mm-hmm. uh, it takes two shots because. He right. Yeah. It yeah take, take takes. <laughs>
2: takes two, okay. But, it takes two shots because I don't know if you were watching it because I started watching it around this time as well. Yeah. Did he remember that assassin gave him an auto crit since it was a surprise?
1: He had to. He had to get sixty-six damage on that first attack
2: because I don't remember exactly what level they're at. Yeah.
1: No, he definitely he did like there. There was no way that was not an. Yeah. No.
0: For for sixty-six damage on the first hit, that's a crit. Okay.
1: Um. He did like sixty-six damage to slit his throat, and then just stabbed the person in the chest in the chest for another twenty-some. <laughs> one
2: yeah, and two, with, with an additional yeah, yeah additional
0: poison. It's essentially poison
1: and shit. like narratively that's a one. That's he a one made shot. he yeah.
0: made the he made the knee kanji, which is Japanese for two. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm doing calligraphy. <laughs> you are with a knife.
1: Um. Uh, meanwhile. So while he one-shots this person, the entire rest of the people that were there end up teaming up on the other one. Keyleth casts hold, which of course leads to the to to Vex or Vex Scanlan and Pike all wailing on this other person. Pike caves the poor halfling's face in. Yep, he's still alive. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and
1: then Scanlon pulls out and uses Myth Carver as a weapon for the f- for the first time and
0: last time: <laughs> No, no, he'll use no, it again. No, no, yeah, he uses it again. He will use it again right. later He will use much it again later.
1: later. It has much not later. awakened yet. right um and yeah, and just puts the sword right through the gut the, the half of <laughs> the face. fucker's face. <laughs> pulls it out. there's no blood on it because of how Myth Carver works. And at this point, it's Jack's turn.
2: So, the assassinations that are happening back here are not completely unnoticed by the rest of the group that is escorting Grog. Grog's interactions with them, though, I mean, to me, this is kind of classic action D&D, where you've managed to get one person one individual into a position where they are able to command a level of attention from the enemy who doesn't entirely understand just how much enemy they are to this group. And the rest of the people are managing to come along behind and sweep up. It's the occasional straggler. It's
0: literally story. an escort mission from Assassin's Creek. Basically. Yeah.
2: Right. Um, and as they start getting closer and closer to the town square. Grog is keeping up this running commentary of the fact that he he's he's surprisingly subtly sowing the seeds of planting questions in the minds of these individuals who are members of the herds about the capacity of their leaders uh, capabilities. Kevdak Accord- in Grog's explanations and commentary, is presented as an individual who has knuckled under, who has denied or lost the honor of the herd of storms, in that he is no longer leading them towards places of their own choosing and in pursuit of their own prosperity, but has made them vassals <clears throat> more powerful entity he sacrificed their freedom and the reward that they are getting from it is minuscule at best they (laughs) managed to make it all the way to the town square where some actual members of the herd that grog recognizes and that recognize him in turn meet them, uh, specifically an individual known as Greenbeard who's got a kind of fucked up eye and a level of medical discharge from that that makes this green crusty whatever nastiness across the lower part of his face and, and neck and Grug encounters and engages him in a little bit of repartee back and forth along these same lines that he remembers when the, the herd had things to be proud of, of that they when they were the masters of their own fates, when they were the ones who who called the shots and who didn't necessarily just run things on behalf of a larger predator and give the lion's share of what they took over to this this individual. Um calling out ultimately Kevdak to to confront him personally. Now when when Kevdak comes out after Greenbeard sort of calls him uh to to confront and, and interact with Grog, it's very clear already that this is an extremely powerful character. I think Matt does great <coughs> both show and tell in this case of the 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 the, the just raw power and and danger of this this goliath who has taken over the herd and who is who's leading them at this point there's a little bit of back and forth um and grog eventually challenges kevdak directly for leadership of the herd which is when there's and 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 this is this is not a a trope that is that is new this is something where you see that, you know, the, the, con- the concept of if I can beat you, I get to take your place is something that's, that's fairly consistent, I would say, throughout a number of, of fictional settings and, and, and stories that most of us have probably encountered. But that seems to be the sort of mechanic upon which the herd of storms runs as well. Kevdak basically, charitably, from a from a certain point of view, allows Grog to assume a temporary membership uh, in in the herd, since you have to be a member in order to challenge for leadership, um, and basically, and and the battle engages.
0: You say battle? Oh,
2: yeah! It's a battle. It's a battle between two people. Now, the the fight obviously is slanted very heavily in Kevdak's favor from the jump. He's he's a he's a stronger fighter. He's he's got a lot more facility. Grog manages to 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 use his intimidating uh, presence on him initially, but once that ends, Kevdak is running the fight, um, and Grog is very quickly confronted by the fact that at least one-on-one, there is not going to be a chance of him walking away from this. And the the sort of cinematic conclusion to this entire story is Grog dropping to his knees, feigning some level of submission before yelling for Vox Machina to fuck shit
1: yeah. up. The, that <laughs> is my version of... Of the best line in this episode. <laughs> right.
2: Um, and that is where the episode ends. Which is the Avengers which is Assemble an, moment. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of a very interesting, because we've talked about beginning a story in Medius Race before now. Now we're sort of ending one there, which is kind of a cliffhanger, but also, like, it's, it's a weird type of cliffhanger. Well, it's, it's, it's ending on a rallying cry. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But ending on a rallying cry where you know that there is a lot more coming and you also know that the outcome is not preordained. This is not something that is certain. Um, and it's, it, it's a very interesting way, in my opinion, to end something specifically. Obviously, they're going to be coming back next week to continue this, but right. I was wondering what your guys... Feeling is on ending something at that sort of point. So this
1: is uh, uh, my term for this is a Game of Thrones cliffhanger. Okay. Because Game of Thrones doesn't, doesn't actually have the big, Oh my God, is X person going to die? Is- mm-hmm. No, no. We know when they die. Right. Cause they die <laughs> on screen. Very brutally, and Front there's center. no,
2: yeah, there's, <laughs> the very extended, like, yeah,
1: yeah, there's no suspense from one week to the other. Mm-hmm. It by the end of the episode, we generally knew everybody that was going to die that episode, right? Um, or or the end of the chapter in the book. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, however, Game of Thrones did like its big. Sort of energizing oh shit moments that it closed on. Mm -hmm. Um, whether it was, um, uh, uh, whether it was something like, uh, uh, Daenerys showing up, uh, at, um, uh, uh, one of the one of the locations that she showed up in, in like the last few seasons, I can't remember mm-hmm. which one specifically, with 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 uh, uh, Drogon, Rhaegar, and, and Viserion, right. uh, the,
2: the dragons,
1: yeah. um, or or like, like
2: or like uh, Stannis Baratheon's charge north of the Wall, and yeah, exactly. when right, yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, like these were these were moments where like. Oh, some shit's gonna go down. Right, the big, yeah. the 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 moment before the Battle of the Bastards, the mm-hmm. the, the episode yeah, yeah. before that. We knew by the end of that episode, the next episode was gonna be nothing but people killing people. Right. But there was no mystery of, you know, anything in there. Mm-hmm. But it was still, it got you excited for that. For right. me, that's something. I really appreciate those ones because you can only do so many cliffhangers. Cliffhangers lose their value if like every episode is a cliffhanger. However, oh shit, next episode is going to be amazing
2: moments, never lose their value. Right yeah because it's because it's a setup, it's a preparatory yeah it, it's not necessarily ending on a question as much as a, as a note of anticipation yeah right
0: so I know this tactic from two places, and yeah. the fact that I know this tactic from two places really reflects on who these people are as entertainers uh, one is from anime mm-hmm. anime episodic anime that oh, is, yes. that, is, that, that the great that happens as anime, anime. yeah yeah yeah. Uh, and, and, and episodic anime as it is structured in japan very often ends episodes yeah. on high points to come back to those high points on the next episode and that mm-hmm. comes from their chapter-esque structure where lots of chapters in manga and in storytelling will end on a dramatic moment and then that dramatic moment will be resolved in the next chapter which comes to out next week it,
1: to the point that it's a fucking meme at this yeah point. yeah absolutely like dragon ball uh, exactly, like, Dragon Ball is premier one. Dragon Ball and Yu Gi Oh. How many times is it like <laughs> all the, the fucking time? The,
0: yeah, all the fucking time. And but and so as voice actors, that makes sense. The mm-hmm. other one is musical theater, and yep. we all know Matt Mercer is a huge theater geek. Um, right. Particularly the one that I'm thinking of in at the moment, and the one that most people will be familiar with because it had a movie is Les Miserables. Yeah. Um, the, in- the ending of the first act of Les Mis, uh, which in the theaters is where the intermission happens, and this happens all the time in musical theaters, the last thing before in- the intermission is going to be something like this. And it's yeah. designed to bring the audience back after intermission. <laughs> they don't just right. leave. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, Les Mis builds, uh, towards- going towards the intermission, it builds with, do you hear the people sing in the attack on the Ruplum, uh, uh, the attack on Ruplum uh, Plumet? Um, and then ends with one day more. Act one ends with one day more, which if anyone has ever as anyone heard is a very like building, building. Bi- it's a song that builds over the course of oh, yeah. the song until it ends with this massive choral trifecta. Of of the revolutionary Jean Valjean and Cosette singing about what's going. You know, there's only one more day until a variety of their goals happen, and as this song ends, fade to black intermission. Right, and it's
2: before anything actually happens.
0: Yeah, before anything actually happens, we build up, build up, build up, build up, build up. Stop, and you get to you. <laughs> it, 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 it's a technique that holds people at that moment of tension. Um, and it's a technique that plays on, uh, I think it's called the completionist syndrome, uh, uh, which, is, yeah. which is a mental, which is a, which is a psychological uh, thing where human beings have to complete things. We have yeah, right. to, even if we know what the completed thing is, like if you have a puzzle in front of you that's made up, it's like a 52-piece puzzle, and one of those pieces is not there, it will drive you crazy until you put that piece There's a in.
1: whole genre of YouTube videos out there about that. Yep.
0: <laughs> um,
1: satisfying videos.
0: Yeah. And and it's it's a your brain keeps thinking, even if you're yeah. not actively thinking about it, your brain keeps thinking about that thing trying to put it to trying to finish it until you actually finish it. Yep. And it's something that it's it's a it's a psychological manipulation that the musical theater has used since the dawn of time yep. uh in order to keep people coming back. And it's definitely when you're that immersed in theater like 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 Matt is, this is exactly where he where, where that sort of gets pulled from where Matt and the rest of them are. This is exactly where that gets pulled from that desire to end on that not quite cliffhanger but that crescendo of emotion and it's it it's perfect like it's it's sort of sort of a perfect ending yeah. to a thing if you want it to continue.
1: Also, <laughs> yeah. by the way, the, John, you have ju- you have just caused another another property to be added to our to our list. Oh, lame is? No. <laughs> What? Legitimately, I can't stand limits That's fair. But, but no. Uh, 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 musical movie, big emotional uh, intermission moment. Fucking Rent, man. Yeah, that's good. Rent
0: the movie
1: specifically.
0: Yeah, I've only ever seen. I've only ever seen the play. So it's
1: really hard to find the play. There is there is a filmed version. Of the, oh, Broadway. the final performance yeah. of Broadway. I have both of them, but only on physical copy. I can get a, I, I can get us the, 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 <laughs> the, the actual movie.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: The Broadway one is, is harder. Yes.
2: Yeah. It, what this moment made me think of, and I don't think you've seen it, John, but Jeremy will follow me on this. Is the final episode of Angel. Yep.
1: Yep, 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 yep. The, don't Which, worry, we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there.
2: Which Angel was supposed to, I think, have more seasons than it did.
1: It was, there's a whole right. story behind yeah, it. Yeah,
2: right. Basically, basically, the studio <sighs> didn't make the decision and then somebody was just like, yeah, no, cancel it. So it got canceled.
1: So uh, in fairness to the show they they to- they are in fairness to the network they did tell them with about half the season left to go right mm-hmm. but they went into this season already knowing that they were they were cutting down their budget they were doing things like that because because the ratings were sort of borderline and then they did so and they got better ratings than they had in fact the best rating on the CW at that time. So they thought they were safe and started planning out for a season six. And then they were like, nope, you're canceled.
2: Yeah. But But anyway, but, but the last episode of angel is one where, you know, they, they've, they've built up to this sort of huge, massive threat called the circle of thorns. We're not going to dig into angel. Yeah. Chronology and, and lore right now, but anyway, Angel uh, and and his gang are preparing to to fight them <laughs> and it's all set in LA blah 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 very world of darknessy in its own way um and the the enemy forces are in front of them there's like giants there's a fucking dragon and shit you know and the series finale ends with Angel J basically saying let's get to work and him and the, his fairly small band of allies charging down this huge swarm of monsters and fucking shit. You specifically,
1: know. if I remember correctly, and it has been a while, so he might say something after this, but I believe specifically he says, me, I want to fight the dragon. Right, And then <laughs> he slashes at the screen with his sword that he has, and then right. it cuts to black.
2: Right, exactly. Um, and so it's, it's a very, it's a very (laughs) weird sort of ending. Yeah, it was, especially if you don't see it coming that there's the, they, they literally stop before the really big fight. And that's the conclusion of the entire series. It's a great ending, but it is oh, definitely it's a very weird. It's a very effective ending, yeah. yeah. But it's but it's a weird sort of ending, especially considering how the general episode structure and, and series structure was before then.
1: I'm legitimately curious on that note as, as far as this, because I don't know the answer to this, if he already had plans to take it to comics at that point. Because I know it didn't become a... I know they didn't do... Angel after the fall which is them in mm-hmm. hell right. until like quite a few years later mm-hmm. but I wonder if he always had that plan
0: potentially I mean I have no idea Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: John <laughs> yeah. is completely lost on this basically Muffy but- and Angel do-do-do-do. ended most of the fans still <coughs> more Muffy and Angel when they ended they made comics the comics carried on Yeah, the oh, yeah.
1: comics are the comics are are, are canon with the series, and right. they're lyric the 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 Buffy seasons that go after season seven are literally called Buffy season, season eight, eight or and Buffy season, season, season nine. nine, and right. well,
0: and we all know, and we here at Critical Role know the correct term to use when a media property gets people really excited right before ending before the climax. Sure, you got edged. Yeah.
2: <laughs> sure, yep. we'll go with that. But it's an interesting. <laughs> but it, But but it's an interesting. Dynamic. Yeah, it's an interesting. Yeah. It, it's it's definitely an interesting place for them to stop. Mm -hmm. and but but it works it works really well right yeah and of course this one you know isn't the angel thing because we wouldn't
0: it have sucked or more wouldn't it have sucked if this was the end of critical role
1: (laughs) i mean that would have not worked for the angel one did for a lot of reasons right
0: just like like
2: a meteor strikes and takes out everyone Matt fucking Mercer, who's been trying to run a Chromatic Dragons campaign for his entire right. fucking life.
0: It know? would have yep. been a meta. It would have been a meta version of the same narrative trope, just on Matt instead of. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like what? You stopped me just before we got to the dragons. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: but yeah, yeah, so it's it's a it's a it's a very <laughs> cool sort of way of. Because, the, and it also leaves things very open-ended if you use it as an actual hard stop for a narrative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, because, because you know, especially with something like, if, you, if you've already established that not every character has plot armor in this story. Because literally the, the moment right before they charge into this crowd of monsters, somebody shows up and is like, Wesley's dead, Wesley being one of the main characters. Yeah. Um, you know, and and things like that. And so it's like, yeah, no, there's 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 already very strong risk. Yeah, and, and very it's like strong peril. And then you're like, all right, and then they charge for the monsters, but before they get there, end credits. Yeah. And
1: it, it's such a very specific setup too, because it is what <clears throat> is surely an insurmountable group of bad guys for a group of literally five people. Yeah. Right. That said, one, one of, of them whom is, is
2: suffering from a terrible stomach wound at the time. Yeah,
1: one of them is Angel, who <laughs> is a vampire who survived a, who survived probably worse than this. One of them is literally a hell god, Illyria. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Best one character the- on the show. One of Best. them is
2: Spike, who has died like, I don't know, twelve times already, probably. Like, yeah, like they're
0: <laughs> is Spike and so are Spike and Angel not the same character? No, no, they are not.
2: No, very much not.
0: Buffy fans, that is at
1: John A. Bates on Twitter.
0: <laughs> that shows you how little I know of Buffy.
1: No, it's they're okay. very we'll different that. characters. Yeah. One of them one of them is a fantastic character. Uh, when, when, for, for the most part, and the other one is Angel. Um,
0: (laughs) (laughs) no, Angel is is Dave Boreanaz. I thought Angel was, um, was James, was James Marsters. No,
2: yeah, no, that's Spike, Spike is James Marsters. Okay.
0: I thought Angel was James Marsters and I knew Spike was James Marsters, which is why I was confused. No. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
2: Yep,
1: and no. Angel is a th- Angel he killed a, a dragon wonderful... and then went
2: on to work with the FBI in, in Bones
1: Yeah he, And he's a fantastic character The absolute second they got, every second that he was not dating Buffy Summers Yeah Like, when he was evil, he was a fantastic
2: character, they had definitely broken up Is that
0: Is Angel also a vampire? Yes. yes, I know Spike's with a of soul. Vampire. angel.
2: Angel is specifically Spike's, uh, like, sort of not, grandsire, not, not, grandsire, yes, mm-hmm. grandsire. Uh huh. Um, and he is
1: the angel with the soul. Long story, yeah, cursed by Romani. I guess it's not that long of a story. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: Basically, Romani. vampires are parents, four words, got it, yeah. <laughs> When
2: you give them their souls back, then they start feeling guilty about all the horrible things they've so wait, done. He was, and their
0: lives suck. He was cursed to have a soul. Yes, right.
2: because
1: then he has... Because he, he still has to live with all the terrible things he's done. Now
2: and with that. Now with the that, human conscience. Yeah. Because Does... you
1: don't have... If it, basically, in Buffyverse, if you are if you become a vampire, you are essentially a demon version of you at that point.
0: Okay, and, but does having a soul make you immune to all the things that vampires are normally weak to? No. No. Okay. Okay. Yes,
1: he still could have walked out into the sun.
0: So that's why didn't he just walk out actor. into the sun? Because they, they get they into me, that.
1: Yeah, they they get into that. There's a lot of reasons why. But, um, no, I mean,
0: yeah. Once in a while he
2: does, but, you know, that's.
1: Yeah. But, but yeah, so it, it's, it's, it's a fairly, it is enough of a group that you're like, you know they're probably not going to make it through this but they could but they could it's not impossible it's buffy. and that was sort of the glorious of gloriousness of the end of that of that moment which was the way that the way that we noise described was the fight for them and specifically the 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 uh, uh angels sort of journey is never over because his ent- entire journey throughout specifically his own series is to get his soul back and to get find redemption.
0: Right. Is is Buffy was Buffy did Buffy end up being a Marvel property or a or a DC no, or a Dark no. Horse or
1: Buffy is very specific. Well, in terms of the comics yeah, I yeah, yeah. believe I believe Dark Horse I think Dark Horse. Either yeah. Dark Horse or IDW, one of the two. Um, but it remains a Fox property, just licensed. Sorry,
0: because it would have been really funny to have Angel meet Blade. Then...
1: <laughs> I'm sure that crossover will happen at some point. Weirder shit has happened this year. They had Batman crossover with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles.
0: Eh? <laughs> Two? I have no
1: words. Like three years ago. They did Archie versus Predator.
0: That I remember. <laughs> that I remember because because I, because I, my response was they still make Archie comics.
1: Yes, and they're <laughs> oh, really yeah. fucking good now. And they make a very good television because
0: Archie comics get Archie. because Archie comics get referenced in Mash. So yeah. that's my age of Archie comics that I am familiar with.
1: Oh yes, no Archie was a very specific type of comic um uh that that for a very very long time yeah and then over about the last 10 15 years archie comics because that's what the comics company is called yeah uh basically went you know we really don't have to keep telling the same stories like over and over and over and over and over again so let's introduce ghosts and let's introduce Sabrina (laughs) and let's make Sabrina real dark yep and fucking dark and let's introduce the zombie apocalypse to the canon archie verse yep
0: that's great i i just archie as a doofus high schooler getting eaten by zombies i'll read that. i
1: mean riverdale (laughs) the the
0: the (coughs) yeah i know i know know. that was part of the thing that was like archie still a thing that really confused me was riverdale
1: it takes it, it 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 it's definitely its own thing but it takes a lot of its inspiration from the last several years of archie when because it's basically if archie comics was done in the style of twin peaks yep
0: and it's amazing and it's really fucking good yeah it's Uh,
1: it's fucking amazing
0: so to, to wheel this tangent back on track
1: We talk about D&D here, right? Yeah,
0: we do. And we're done. (laughs) (laughs) We finished the episode. So if you're looking for a really good way to end your
2: story, end it a little before the story ends. Yeah. Yeah. Like this.